Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Welcome to the Open Mic Podcast with your host, Brett Allen. Join us each week as Brett interviews extraordinary and amazing people. At the Open Mic, no topic is off limits, and you never know who will drop by. Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Open Mic Podcast. I hope everybody had a fantastic Easter and was able to celebrate and have a good time with their families. I know this is just a crazy time for us, for our country, and things are just not normal. It's crazy, and it's hard to explain that to a five-year-old, my son, just trying to get him to grasp and understand just exactly what's happening as best as you can in a way that makes sense. And as I sit here and record in the studio, he is sound asleep next to me. And it is just an honor and a blessing to be able to do this and just have him more and more now that they have moved and we are just chugging along, enjoying ourselves, enjoying life, working from home, all of those exciting and crazy things. Yes. So if you are listening to this, thank you so much for being a part. We've just had some amazing guests and we have more on the way. Today, we are talking with Ainsley Ross. She was brought to us by Lasting Legacy PR. Marcy Walters, thank you so much for bringing us such an amazing guest. And we have some more of her clients coming on the show this week. A lot of fun. Great conversation. Ainsley is an actor. Uh, She is a stunt person. She is a weapons specialist. There's pretty much nothing that she can't do. And we just had a fantastic conversation. Ainsley has been all over TV, all over social media. And she's a musician as well. And so I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. She has a great message of hope and a great message of positivity. Here's that interview with Ainsley. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you for having me, Brett. How have you been? I am doing good. We were talking about this before we started recording, how we're handling the sequesteredness yeah. of our lives. Ainsley, how, how many days did you say it was that we've actually been in this quarantine? 18 days and counting for me. (laughs) Well, you obviously are keeping better track than most of us. So before we dive in here, what have you been doing to fill your time and to keep yourself busy and not go completely insane? Right. Not go stir crazy for sure. Um, Recently, I feel like it's all about perspective, at least from my part, Um, especially during these dire times and you know, the economy and all different things that are running through people's heads right now. So for me, I'd have to say I've been applying myself a lot for content creator as a content creator and also, you know, family time and communication. Yeah, I think that's really true as far as like connecting and building relationships with people, having these types of conversations and just going back to a part of our lives that I think maybe gets lost when we're in the busyness. I know for myself, I don't know about you, but I find myself being able to fill my days a lot more effectively than hands down. I feel like we are making more use of our times, at least for on my part. And like you said, on your part, I feel like we're being a lot more efficient with our time and we're um, filling it up with all the necessary things and where you would have some projects, you know, that would fall to the wayside or things that you don't focus on as much. I feel like these, this is like the perfect time to be like, okay, let's tackle our goals. And I feel like that there has just been a surge in social media presence from celebrities and influencers like yourself who are obviously on there. That's your part of your job and you're there more 
than not as far as like your daily life, but even more so now, would you say that to be true? I would, I would say that to be true. I feel this such a time as this allows us to create true content and real content. And something that I always try to say to everyone and followers is we need to be more authentic and real and there's beauty and authenticity. And I feel like this time such as now gives us that enables us to do that a little bit more and propels us to do that more. And it's like, well, we're all in the same scenario. Let's find a way to just be real with each other and make the best out of this situation. Yeah, that's so true. And I feel like, and you've said this, and a lot of other people that I've talked to have said the same thing, that we're all literally like in the same boat. Like there's there's never been a time in our lives where we're all on such an equal playing field. Hands down. And I feel like, especially nowadays and in this time right now, it allows everyone to appreciate physical social interaction. You know, we're, I'm grateful for social media. Everyone, obviously it's how we communicate now. It's how we market businesses. It's how we are who we are, but there's still a certain hole that, you know, social media can't always fill. And I feel like that gives us a lot more appreciation and value in physical social connection and interaction. Yeah, yeah. I think once we all get to a place where we're let loose, you know, I think that we're going to see a surge in just a lot of other areas than mm-hmm. we have before, you know, just on a very basic level. And as an actor, I imagine there are a lot of questions that you might have too, right? As far as what life is going to look like when this is all done. Have you considered that at all or has it crossed your mind? You know, it for sure has crossed my mind, especially being in the industry and being active in the industry and having that blessed opportunity. I mean, certain productions that I'm currently in and things that I can't talk about at the moment due to good old non-disclosure agreements. Of course. You know, production, production itself is pushed back and everyone's kind of in this lull period of we're like, what's going to happen? We don't have any solid dates. So with that being said, all you can really do is just kind of remain in this stasis per se and wait until hopefully things continue and funding continues and production gets back on track. But I feel like that's the business of an artist as well, though, too. Yeah, yeah. I think I've had other people on like yourself And one of the common threads that a lot of actors say is that you have to find other ways to have a creativity outlet, right? Like, would you agree that to be true? I most certainly agree. I feel like as an artist, a part of our jobs are to create our own own content. So, for example, when you are in between jobs and acting jobs or you're not on tour singing or whatever it is you do in life, you have to kind of be that own director, your own content creator, and you have to really just delve in and dive in and be like, okay, what can I do to put myself out there and to continually work on my craft without actually being in production? So it all comes down to that. Yeah. I mean, most of us know you from television and which I rewatched that series uh, just the other day because I've had so much time on my hands. And I was like, I know who she is. I've seen her on TV a million times. So it's a a lot of fun to to be chatting with you about that. But I also understand that you are in school right now. You're in college. Is that true? Are you still doing that now online? 
Oh man, it's been crazy. It's been a whirlwind. Um, right now I'm going to be an occupational therapist, so mm-hmm. medical going through medical school right now. And I was about to be doing clinicals in the near future, actually in interviews. And it makes it so difficult because now they moved everything online. So it's kind of like, okay, it's kind of a curveball that's been thrown at us, but you know, we're just rolling with the punches. I know I am. And just went online with it. So now what made you choose occupational therapy? What was the drive for that? Because I think that is such a needed career field. There are so many other things that you probably could have done, but occupational therapy, why that in particular? I would have to say that's, first of all, that's a really awesome question. And thank you for asking me that because it's something I'm very passionate about as well as my craft and acting and singing and the whole jack of all trades. Um, Special Olympics really inspired my love for occupational therapy, and that stemmed from L.A. So when I was in L.A., we would go to events, you know, red carpet events, all of that jazz. And when I was on a red carpet event, I showed up for this incredible Special Olympics Games. It was the Summer Games. And I went and I attended, and I gave medals to all of these athletes. And seeing just the kindness, the love, and how they persisted no matter what has happened to them in life? They never used it as an excuse. Mm-hmm. With that. So that's when I got heavily involved with the Special Olympics on, you know, just a personal level, aside from all the cameras and whatnot. It's something I genuinely fell in love with. And I, I've been doing it for forever. And honestly, it ignited a passion in my heart. And um, it also stemmed from my parents and my background growing up. When it wasn't a big thing a long time ago, um, my mom got hit and someone was texting and driving in a head-on collision and it wasn't her fault and it broke her neck and it broke her hip and she wasn't, you know, supposed to walk again and doctors told her she wouldn't be able to. So at a child who's seven and, you know, wanted to run and play and do normal things with a family member. I couldn't couldn't do that with her. So um, she had to go through occupational therapy. And I was kind of there along the way, learning of what I wanted to do different. And if I was in their shoes, what I would do to help her more. So it was just the perfect storm, honestly, that came together in my life. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. So now here I am. So now you were getting ready to do clinicals. How long of a program is it to be an occupational therapist? Yes. So for an occupational therapist assistant, currently it is two years. However, there are other laws that are coming into play in the medical industry that will raise it up to however many more. Um, Right now it's two years for an occupational therapist assistant and it is four years, I believe, for a full occupational therapist. So, Do you find it difficult when life is quote unquote normal to balance your creative side and your school side? Is it hard to blend those two together? I would most certainly say, first of all, what's the definition of normal? Because I don't feel like there is one. Maybe it's just because I never have been. But um, I feel it is hard sometimes because as an artist, you know, we have so many ideas. And I feel like you can probably personally relate as well. You know, you have so many ideas and you love to put things into motion. And with school, it's kind of like it's something that I do have to work at, that balancing force saying, okay, I'm have to set myself timers personally, because you know, you go on one avenue and it's hard to pull yourself back because those creative juices are flowing. 
So for me, I would say sometimes it is harder than others, for sure. As a creative, what are some of the challenges that you face when it comes to creating content? Wow. Um, I would say that there is a variety of challenges you face in the industry in general, which are not necessarily a bad thing. It can allow you to propel yourself in the proper ways. For example, the industry, it comes with, you know, it's pros and it's cons. And sometimes the cons are like we were talking about prior, that lull period that you have in between a job, right? And like I said, that enables you to become a content creator and you have to be creative because you don't want it to be the same old thing you're watching every day. You don't want your viewers to get bored. You just want to be really authentic with them. And I feel like sometimes that's hard to find a topic, but not only that, it's also the sacrifices of time and you know how long it takes and what it takes, as you know, to make a video and make it right. Because as an artist, sometimes we're perfectionists. So I feel like the perfectionist side of things sometimes can come into play and make it difficult. I don't know about you, but for myself, I always find myself to be my own biggest critic. I feel I feel exactly what you feel. Um, and to all other artists out there watching that, you are not alone if you feel that way. Um, I am my biggest critic, um, me, myself, and I. And it's something that I feel like almost every artist, I would say, struggles with. It's, okay, what's the line of, you know, authenticity or I need to do this again? Or where is that boundary that you will draw for yourself? And I think that's why it helps to get other people's opinions. So how do you go about choosing which projects that you want to participate in? That is a really great question. So for me, it all comes down to... It depends on the person. For me, I have certain moral values and mm -hmm. moral lines and boundaries that I will and won't cross. And I feel like for anyone that is planning on getting into the industry and becoming an artist in that way, before you even get into it, you need to know what you will and won't do and what is and isn't compromisable. Um, I feel like if you know it, that that helps me decide what I will and won't do. For example, you know, certain actions and certain things I'm not comfortable doing on screen to, due to just who I am and what I will and won't want to show because believe it or not, you know, this industry, video, film, social media, when it's out there, man, it's out there. You, it's you can't. there. And especially if one day, you know, depending on the person, I know I plan on having kids one day and I plan on having a husband, you know, and for me, it's like, okay, is what I put out there going to come back and haunt them? Is it going to affect them for the rest of their lives? Is it going to be something that weighs over their head? Because it's not just you you have to think about, man. It's everyone else in your family. That is such good advice because we live in an age and a time where like literally everything lives forever. And there's no way, no matter how powerful you might be or connected to might be, your content is there, good or bad or indifferent. And I know that there are a lot of folks who have done certain things that wish that they hadn't, and not even inappropriate things, just whatever. I mean, you pick, it could be a million different things. And it's like, oh no, now we're stuck because this is not going anywhere at all. Outside of like publicist or, you know, certain 
people in your circle of influence? Who helps you decide? Do, do your does your family get involved with that sort of decision making, or do you have a team? How do you how do you vet those types of things with the people you work with? Right. Honestly, for me, I would have to say that it is a combination thereof. Um, my family has, you know, grown with me through this whole industry experience since the time I was 12. So in growing with me, they just come to terms and they're like, look, we trust you. You are adult enough to make that own your own decision. And whatever that is, we trust, you know, but it depends on what it's for. I mean, certain things as an artist, you know, you know, when you have that feeling and you know, deep down in your heart, like, oh man, I, I really should have had better lighting for this or I should <laughs> different right um so it just comes down to what it is but in certain occasions and for certain things I for sure will pull my team in hands down um my manager I will have publicists step in and I'll be like okay take just a set of fresh eyes let me know what you think immediately yeah yeah absolutely it's always good to have people around you that you trust and that can tell you what you need to hear even though you might not want to hear it or I know for podcasting, we have a, a community where, you know, I've built certain friendships and I will tell them, you know, this person wants to come on or I want to have this person. Is it a good fit or not? But then after a while, you just kind of learn what your style is and what type of people you connect with naturally. And you just have to embrace that as a human being and go, this is my lane and I need to continue to mine it appropriately, right? Hands down. And I would also say that honestly, honesty itself is a huge deal. As an artist in the industry, as a human being in general, we should seek honest opinions. The reality is, is life isn't all roses and fluff bunnies. It's not any of that, right? Mm -hmm. Especially in this industry, you will hear more no's than you've ever heard until you get that one yes that is life-changing. Um, and that goes for the acting industry, as you know, an industry in general, you will hear so many no's until you get that yes. And seeking that honest, valuable opinion and not getting your feelings hurt because you can't, you can't get mad at the truth. You just have to learn to take it and to better yourself. And I feel like that's, I know the people that I seek refuge in for trusting my content with, trusting my new songs that I may have written or that I may perform. The people I entrust that with, I know they will be nothing but real to me. And I don't need fluff because the industry isn't fluff. Life isn't fluff. Not at all. It's interesting you mentioned about getting a lot of no's, whether it's music or television or film. I've heard it often compared to like going to a job interview, but then never hearing back if you got the job. Oh, that is such an accurate representation, I would have to say. So for those of you who don't know what an audition, whether it be singing or especially acting is like, you essentially walk in there, you have your dreams and your passion in your hand that's either a script that you're prayerfully off book for, and you literally, they're looking at you, they're filming you. You may have two people, max, in your first audition room. Blank stare. All right, begin. Your life is on the line in that moment. Your dream is on the line. Your reputation, your everything. Scared or not, you do it and you prayerfully do it the best of your ability and they'll say, bye. And that's it. That's it. <laughs> and, you know, I have found sometimes when as an artist, like we were talking about before, the perfection side of things, 
the jobs that I was like, man, I'm, I was unsure about, you know, the audition I was most unsure about would be the ones that called me and be like, you got the job. And I was like, what? So life has a funny way of working, but for sure, you don't know when you walk out that door, if it's a no or a yes. And very rarely will you come back for like a callback, depending on, you know, your level of skill. And even in the callback, if you get right up there to where you have a whole set of producers that are sitting on a couch looking at you and you have to just go through the motions and act like they aren't there and just do you be you, man, and see what happens. At what point in your career, whether it be musically or acting or content, did you say, I finally have experienced success? Hmm. I would have to say, first of all, you can always grow in your craft, your craft in general. I will never be a master because the day I stop learning is the day that I die. I'm always going to keep learning. But I'd say about the age of, I started when I was 12, probably about the age of 16. And did I really get a true feel to going through the motions and being like, okay, like, I'm, I feel pretty settled here. I pr- feel pretty stable. That was the first time I feel like I would ever felt stable in the industry it was probably when I was about 16. And um, from then on, it's just kind of been a sense of self-growth and self-confidence because that's what it's about. You have to believe in yourself for them to believe in you. And I think that's a big thing. Yeah, I, I would say so. And I I like your answer. And it's true. Like success, though, can be experienced in different ways. You know what I'm saying? Like for you, you know, I was booking a a major TV role uh, or whatever. But even in this career of podcasting, you know, getting a certain guest, you know, you feel validated and you're like, this is super cool. So I want to pivot a little bit. I understand you are like the martial arts expert. Obviously, that seems like a way to blow off a lot of steam, especially now that we can't go and do anywhere. What is that part of your life all about? Whoa, where to begin with this? Okay, so martial arts, like you said, I've always had a love for. Um, I kind of grew up in a family, though, that really instilled that. And that was just an environment where an atmosphere where I felt comfortable So when I was nine was the age that I got into full-fledged Taekwondo, right? But prior to that, my grandfather was a boxer and, you know, he's an amazing person and just really instilled to me these, these values. And I had other family members who were in the SEAL, maybe all these SEAL teams and everything. So for me, I kind of grew up in a tactical atmosphere, like a tactical (laughs) raised around, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of uncles. So I kind of was like, okay. Let's, let's see what we can do with this, right? So, like I said, when I was nine, got into martial arts. I worked my way up to a first-degree black belt. Then I became a leader of martial arts and taekwondo, so I would teach and lead. Then I became a part of the master's program. So that has to do with literally I would go to international competitions, and I would fight, and I would win trophies, and, you know, all the jazz and lights of that side of things. And then I got into tactical weapons training which then it's a whole long story of my life, I know. But, but when I really got into, you know, acting and the industry side of things, I carried that skill set over. So then I was like, man, I'm, I'm homesick. I'm missing my dojo. I'm missing my sensei. Like, what can I do? 
now that I'm in LA, right? So from that point, I found XMA World Headquarters, Master Mike Chat. He is the legendary Blue Power Ranger. He's incredible. And I learned under him and trained for stunts. So then I became a stunt woman, and there has been no looking back since. Wow, that is impressive. A little hidden secret of Ainsley that you might not uh, be familiar with. So when you're watching these action movies, do you find yourself overcritical, like how people are handling guns and stuff? <laughs> I see. You can't see this video yet, but she's like putting her hand in her face. <laughs> oh, it's a blessing and a curse to be an actress or an actor and to be a stunt woman who has an appreciation and knows, you know, the ins and outs of what it's supposed to look like. So as an actor, you find yourself catching a boom mic in this scene when it's a, you know, huge production and you're like, oh, that was a boom mic. Oh, that was a Starbucks cup. Or if it's stunts, you look and you're like, I see that hit was a miss. Like they didn't even make contact. So for sure, it is a blessing and a curse. And I see that in some fight scenes. I'm like, can I just come on as the choreographer fight scene choreo? You know, like. So I would say there are moments that, yeah. <laughs> well, just a curiosity question, a little side a rabbit trail here. How long does it take to choreograph a big fight scene? I, I don't know. You can pick your choice, but what would be, let's just say it's one-on-one -on -one person fighting. Like how long would it take to choreograph something like that from top to bottom? Oh, okay. So Obviously, it depends on the person's skill set. It depends on um, the fight scene and what is involved at hand. So I've specialized in close-range military combatives, meaning that a lot of your grappling, a lot of, you know, your punches, your hooks, the movements in that. So I would say, like I said, it depends on their skill set. Oh, man, that's hard. A day for sure. But once you work with that person, you you can train somebody pretty quick and it will, it will surprise you. You look at them and go, this person can handle it or let's bring in a stunt person because uh, they might get themselves beat up and walk away from the set with a black eye. Maybe. <laughs> Great. I will have to say that. Okay. It depends on the production. It depends on, I know certain huge productions they have their actor in there for a brief moment, but for huge major productions, they do not allow their actors to do the stunts. And, you know, if you've filmed literally like three quarters of a movie, a major production, right? And they say, oh, we're going to do our own stunts. And they get hurt because of their lack of experience. What are you going to do for the rest of the movie? Production gets pushed back, you know, network gets unhappy. All of those things happen. So a lot of times we would have stunt doubles. And stuntmen and women come in on behalf of the actor. Um, sometimes, like you said, you can, when you've been in martial arts and mixed martial arts of all different types for over 10 years, you can pretty much tell who has the experience and who doesn't. But then again, also, you just have to talk with that person and be like, okay, can, you, can I see you make a punch? Okay, can I see you make like a fist and show me a punch? And <laughs> that point you pretty much you see if if they hold their hands like this or like this you kind of get the the feel that let's 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 work a little bit on this okay 
So it's safe to say don't tangle with Ainsley because she will kick your butt. Uh, (laughs) Hey, you're the one who said that, not me. That is funny. Well, I don't want to bury the headline here, but you also are a musician, a singer. You do a lot of fantastic things. You have your We Are One song, which was super popular. And then you have the We Are One movement as well. So let's talk about those two things. Where did all that begin for you? And and what is all about? What is that all about for our listeners? Yeah, um, We Are One is a song that I was super connected to as soon as I started writing on it and writing it. I mean, it's one of those songs that the words just kept coming and you just jot it down as fast as you can, right? Well, for me, We Are One is about um, unity. And I saw so much hate going on in the world, you know, whether it's religion or politics or ethnicity. And I'm like, we need more love and we need more people to believe in the world enough to join it together. I could play the blame game all day with you, right? I could be like, you did this wrong and why didn't you do this this way? Or why aren't you like me? But reality is like, I'm not supposed to be like you. We aren't supposed to be focused on those things. It's the heart and soul of the person that matters. And I feel like we need to look at that more. So we are one happened. And from that, we filmed an amazing, incredible music video, truly demonstrating that. And the We Are movement is like, hey, let's put aside our differences. Let's join together. And the universal language, which I believe is love and music, doesn't matter what language you sing it in. doesn't matter what style you perform it in. We all have love and we all want love, respect. And to feel like we have other people around us who care. So that's, as you can tell, that's a little bit of a passionate subject for me. And it's something that I really believe in. That is absolutely amazing. And I am sure the sky is the limit for you as far as what's coming next. And hopefully all of this will pass, you know, and we can move on. But uh, we look forward to more of your creative content that you're putting out. Maybe some, you know, martial arts lessons on Instagram. Stay tuned. You truly never know. You can follow me at Ainsley underscore Ross on Instagram at A-I-N-S-L-E-Y underscore R-O-S-S for all stunt updates. And I always post really cool, you know, film sequences from stunts that I've done or instructional videos or singing. But um, hey, thank you for just being awesome and keeping the world uplifted with some positivity going on here. Thank you really inspired you to become in the podcast world you know (laughs) that for you well here we go we're turning the tables a little bit but uh for me i think it was just the opportunity to talk to people and to connect with people on a different level that i wouldn't normally have a conversation with so i started out as a journey podcast just talking about my life raising my son and, and, and going through a divorce. And then it kind of shifted a little bit and I started interviewing people, I interviewing friends and kind of talking to different sorts of people, uh, kind of like therapists and all kinds of different things. And I kind of got bored with that part of it. But then I had the opportunity to, to interview a film critic and that was a lot of fun. And really it just has grown from there. I, I'm a firm believer of if you put hard work into something, 
you will mm-hmm. see the returns on that. And so I, it's taken me two years and, and I'm still growing. And I, I like to provide people an opportunity to be a fly on the wall and listen into a conversation that they might not normally get to hear or be a part of, you know, like talking to yourself or, and it's just really grown. You know, I, I have several publicists now that I work with. And uh, as a matter of fact, before we were talking, you know, I'm working on trying to get a, an actor on from the movie Clueless. Uh, so I, I don't want to say who, cause it might not work. It's, it's one of these things where, um, you know, you're just, going back and forth, trying to make schedules. But anyway, that that's kind of a long answer to your question, but I just hope to find people and leave them better than they were, uh, you know, when we first met. So that's really what's inspired me. Well, Hey, thank you for being a light on the industry. We need more people like that. And I feel like experiences and real experiences like that. And, um, I completely agree with your manifestation that you were talking about, you know, like really, putting it out there and you bearing the fruits of your hard work. And that's the same for this industry. As you know, you know, the film industry, the stunt world, everything you're it's, you bear the fruits of your labor. Yeah. I mean, cause there's a million other of you out there, but I think, I think what separates people, cause a lot of people have talent, but I think what the separation is, is how hard you're willing to work and separate yourself from the rest of the pack, right? It really is. It's how much, you know, what the personality that you have that se- separates you, you know, and it's truly those things that make you you that they can't find anywhere else. If I try to totally. to what society wants me to be or what every single casting director needed me to be or what life and people and friends wanted me to be or wanted that of me i'm not saying don't be teachable or reachable but i'm saying there's a certain degree do not compromise your own morality mm-hmm. and your own beliefs and who you are do not change that because that is what makes separates me from you that what that's what makes salt and pepper of life so keep keep the person you are in check and i feel like that's that's the statement man that is well outside of your instagram how else can people connect with you? Yes, through a variety of sources. You can connect with me through Facebook, Ainsley E. Ross, or Ainsley Ross, the artist. Um, Ainsley Ross, the artist for Facebook. Ainsley Ross, the official Ainsley Ross for Twitter. And um, Instagram, Ainsley underscore Ross. And you can always shoot me an email at AinsleyRoss2000 at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you, Ainsley, for being with us today on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Brett. Thanks for choosing to join in to this week's episode. Be sure to follow the show on social media, Brett's Open Mic, on all platforms, and to subscribe to the show on your player of choice, which is absolutely free. Finally, please consider sharing this episode with a friend. Every little bit helps. Until next time. Cheers. The views and opinions heard on the Open Mic podcast from our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host or the listening audience. If you have questions or concerns, please feel free to email us, openmicguest at gmail.com. That's openmicguest at gmail.com.